are back. Oh, Lordy, Lordy. Y'all, it's blurry photos. Oh, I do declare. Is that good enough? <laughs> I don't even... The whole time that you're doing that, I'm like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what to... <laughs> If you ever have to stun me for the purposes of, of like handcuffing me, just do that because I was paralyzed the whole time. Y'all put your hands behind your back. Hey everybody, I'm David Flora. I'm Dave Stecco. This is Blurry Photos. Oh, we man. are back. We are indeed. After that month of pageantry and beautiful asterisk cryptids. Oh my god, you are, you are most welcome into this house of mystery. Be careful, that closet's full of conspiracies. Oh no, I thought it was just old cardigan sweaters. Nope, nope. It's uh, although those cardigan sweaters have holes in them because of all the Mothman. They do. You know what? I actually just cleaned out my closet of all the. (laughs) I cleaned my closet out of all the crap that was in it, and you know what? I realized you had a lot of crap. I'm a jeans hoarder. Oh really? Yeah, a lot of a lot of jeans that just have like like a hole in the crotch or something. You know, like the reason you stop wearing it. Oh. Something in my head's like, well, there's still some good denim there. Don't get rid of that. <laughs> so I just threw away a ton of like just jeans that everyone else would have thrown away forever ago. My huh. jeans hoarder. So that's what, in my closet, conspiracies, mysteries, jeans. unwearable jeans. You're a jorder. Jorder. You're, you're a jorder of LaForge. Um, <laughs> jorder LaForge. <laughs> jorder LaForge. Oh, uh, Great. Man, this is the thickest podcast of all podcast episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah, this is this is going to be this is but it's fun. This is a lot of dense fun factual data. Right. We we have tried to tackle uh, a huge controversial subject and we have tried to attack it with spears of science. Mm-hmm. And the daffodil of silliness, of course. <laughs> we couldn't just hit it with spears. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> now being weird that's different <laughs> so yeah we uh we're, we're pretty we're pretty into this so uh so strap yourselves in i hope that this leaves you with a uh good taste in your mouth yeah yeah see what i did there because this week we are talking about artificial, artificial sweeteners what now dave why would we talk about artificial sweeteners because sugar's not good enough anymore well is it but Yeah, uh, sugar is not good enough for me, and honey is for poor people. So I would like something that maybe science could make for me that makes me feel better sometimes, and it also looks like the cocaine. And is also part of the future. Yeah. I it's it's like been in with all my white furniture and the white walls. I don't want anything that the dirty man have made from the ground, the plants and such. That's why I stopped eating salads. It's for poor people. <laughs> But yeah, artificial sweeteners. A lot of discussion. A ridiculous yeah. amount of discussion. Controversy is huge on artificial sweeteners. Has been since the the, the discovery of them. Right. Right from the get-go. Uh, there's There are some conspiracies floating around about it. Some hoaxes. Some uh, scams. Flams. Shams. Flams. Flarms. Flarms. Some, some scams. Flams. Dapper Dans. 
<laughs> and um, we thought we would try to research this to right. see what is going on with artificial sweeteners. Yeah, we, we thought just as a nice, again, with the running with this pun thing, a nice uh, palate cleanser after a, a solid month of magnificent frivolity. Like we're we're gonna do some we're gonna do some we're gonna show you that we're not we're not just hilarious and adorable. We got steel <laughs> trap minds here, people. Steel asterisk trap minds. <laughs> trap question mark. <laughs> so yeah, there there is. I mean, and there are a huge. There's not only are there conspiracies and, and and a lot of questions about artificial sweeteners, but just the choices in artificial sweeteners. There's a ton of them. Yeah, and what we are going to cover on this podcast, or what we hope to cover. In as as efficient a way as we can, uh, and bear with us, uh, we're going to try to cover what they are, where uh, maybe we can find them, what the history of artificial sweeteners are. There's a, there's a huge debate uh, of whether they are safe for consumption uh, or if they pose health risks. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we might dabble in some of the conspiracies or some of the uh, the big controversy uh, about them. So that's what we're going to try to get through. This is the black hole of, of episodes because yeah. you, uh, can't you can't escape it. You can't escape it. You can't find anything more dense. We're, we're going to try to cover as much as we can. We're going to be as uh, scientific and cite as much stuff as we can so that you believe us. I don't care if you believe us. I want to be believed because I have looked at this thing for a solid week. <laughs> and I don't want to just come out here and say, here's artificial sweeteners. It does this in your stomach. Okay. No! Should you get it? I don't know. And and then have everybody just be like, well, I have no idea now. I can't make my own informed decision because I was not informed. Um, so, that's, that's my treatise on it. Yeah. We're going to hit, we're going to hit, uh, four of the, the biggest hitters mm-hmm. in the, uh, the artificial sweetener market. We're going to get, uh, saccharin, mm-hmm. aspartame, stevia, and sucralose for the, the, the four horsemen of, of, of a better breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll go into this stuff and let's, let's do so with this, uh, <laughs> this caveat. Yeah. We are not chemists. We are not, uh, nutritionists. I, so see, and I'm glad you're saying this because I think that our previous body of podcast work has led people to believe these things. Well, no, it hasn't. With uh, <laughs> with what we are going to say, uh, there's a lot of there's we've we've uh, steeped this in, in as much science as we can. Yep. To remove that uh, the, all those tannins that you get um, <laughs> on the tongue, and um, I don't want anybody to think that uh, we have been conducting these tests ourselves because some of this may sound like oh well. These guys are talking like uh, scientists. We're 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 going to try to reference a lot of studies and things that have been out there, uh, and not just Yahoo Answers, but yeah. on the same but token, including Yahoo Answers. Including I mean, if we're not going to get to the <laughs> truth without it, uh, and the same token, though, don't think that we are trying to tell you, you know, <laughs> here's here's what to put in your mouth. Here's not. And, no, and we mm, never ever ever let us tell you what to put in your mouth. Yeah, you can ever. You're, you're big kids. You can decide for yourselves. Even when we do, don't listen. <laughs> so, uh, unless it's said, from one of our uh, affiliate uh, uh, liquor vendors, <laughs> you should you should definitely be putting those things in your mouth. Unless it's Gold Medal Wine Club, <laughs> that's right, <laughs> or craft beer service company. One of them. It's working really well. So those those should be put in your mouth. Yeah, great. Let's let's get into it. Do then. it. Uh, artificial sweeteners are food additives, non-natural, uh, that are used in place of sugar 
and that have less food energy or calories. Mm -hmm. They are high-intensity sweeteners, which are compounds with uh, many times the sweetness of normal sugar. Yep. The ones we'll be dealing with, as we said, uh, are the synthesized kinds. These these are are not natural. They are made in a lab, uh, and that include saccharin, aspartame, sucralose, stevia. And um, these things are found in, in everything from diet soft drinks and snack foods to toothpaste, gum, cough drops. <laughs> I don't want to say anything you can name because it's not in everything, but it's in a lot of stuff and probably a lot of stuff you you don't think of. Yeah, it's and even even if it's not in everything, it's in a version of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> mouthwash. It's yeah. in mouthwash. They got some of that stuff. But anyway, these the reason it's in this stuff, the reason they have become popular over the years, uh, mostly because they are widely available and inexpensive, both to the consumer and to the producer of them. Many of them are considered non-nutritive because they have no carbs, they have no fat, they have no protein, which means they cannot directly influence calorie intake mm-hmm. uh, or blood sugar. And like, for example, saccharin will pass entirely through your body and not say hi to anyone. It will shake no hands in, in five no highs. <laughs> it just, it just, it's got his head down. It already did its job and it's on its way out. No, thank you. <laughs> I I picture somebody giving five no highs. <laughs> just, just going past people and just being like, no high. No, 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 high. no, no, no high. No, thank you. No high. Somebody's like, hi, no, hi, no, Mm-mm. not a, not even a hand thing. It's not nope, a nope, <laughs> it's the rudest molecule in the body. <laughs> Great, so let's talk about uh, some of the, the brand names of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, aspartame, you might know by the little blue packet called Equal. Yes. You can also, uh, you might also know it by NutraSweet, uh, but there are other names for it. I Those are the Equal. biggies. I loved Equal growing up. I used to just like throw packets in my mouth. Did you really? Yep. I, I, I mean, I've drink, I've used artificial sweeteners before, you know, mm-hmm. in tea and stuff. Equal and uh, sweet and low. Those, you know, those were things. But I never did care for them that no. much. I remember growing up. Um, my mom was very health conscious, and so I would eat like cream of wheat in the mornings. And we had this. Uh, this sweetener that was like liquid. It was like liquid saccharin. Wow. And I, I remember like we were supposed to use it and it just tasted awful <laughs> and I hated it and I never used it because mom was like, oh, and because I, I, she said, oh, use this instead of sugar and I hated it and, and I've never seen it since, but it was this, this liquid saccharin like, and it came like in a weird shaped bottle and you just shake it onto your food. Oh, weird. Yeah. Did not care um, for it. So uh, aspartame with equal and NutraSweet, this sweetener in particular, is 180 times sweeter than sugar. That like means- me. <laughs> I'm going to make that joke 100 times. Uh, and speaking of saccharin, that one comes in the pink packet, yep. and that is your sweet and low. Also goes by Necta Sweet and uh, some other names that you might may or may not be familiar with. <laughs> what kind Necta. of restaurant are you eating in when they don't have sweet and low? Like, oh, no, we have Necta Sweet. It's like, it's like when you're shocked that a person doesn't have coke or pepsi they have like well we we have cola boy brand so soda drink every, every now and then you'll run across a place that's like nah we're not doing that we'll get we'll, we'll we serve soda boy here squiggle man that's what that's what, what the restaurants will try to fool you with you'll squiggle? They say do you want something to drink you're like i'll take a coke they'll serve you squiggle 
I've never heard of because squiggle. Because it's, it's, it's cheaper and they think people can't tell a difference. I can tell the difference, motherfuckers. It's terrible. You know what? I disagree. I don't care what it tastes like. If I can walk into a restaurant and say, I'd like a tall, cold squiggle, please, and they just bring me something. they I You know what? They probably would be like, what are you talking about? And not even like a conspiracy thing. They probably, like no. the waiters probably just think right. it's Coke or Pepsi. Who cares? Squiggle. All right. Dude, I got a lot of tables. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, could you just tell me what you want to eat? God. There are, there were no utensils in medieval times. Hence, there are no <laughs> utensils in medieval times. Would you like a refill on your Pepsi? <laughs> Only if it's a squiggle, m'lady. <laughs> so saccharin, sweet and low, to sweet, 300 times sweeter than sugar. Like me. Stevia pretty much goes by the name Stevia. It's one of the yeah. newer ones that's out there. Yeah, and it's 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 newer in an interesting way. Um, it's been around for hundreds of years. It's a South American plant, and it's just it's a plant extract. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty direct in that regard. And we'll get into this a little bit later. Lots of weird juggling with the FDA about it. Yeah, and, and, and in the European agencies as well. But it's actually been in use for hundreds of years, and it just it went through a lot of hoops. So only recently has it become available for commercial broad use in the U.S. Yeah, but it is it's a it's a natural plant extract. Mm-hmm. It's not created by uh, Dow Corning or any of their fine subsidiaries. Please don't sue me. It does have. I think Coke and Pepsi uh, companies have developed their own form of, of stevia mm-hmm. uh truvia is the yep. coke it's a it's a refined format which is how they they were able to change it because again because of this weird fda juggling we'll get into only in the refined format is it released and that's how you get around it being just going from a natural plant extract to a refined product that has a trademark name yeah right yeah. and purevia is the the pepsi version of it purvia is also a movie that's on hbo don't watch it <laughs> Uh, these are 300 times uh, sweeter than sugar, just like saccharin. Just like me. And uh, then we get sucralose, which is your yellow packet, and yeah. that is Splenda. This is uh, 600 times sweeter than sugar. Also like me. I'm never. I'm not going to stop all the whole podcast every time. <laughs> Let's get through the history of, of uh, artificial sweeteners. How yes. About 1878. A great year for no one. <laughs> It's a great year for chemists at Johns Hopkins University, named Constantine Falberg and Ira Rimson. Yeah, well, things went better for Falberg. Well, they were working on coal tar derivatives. Who wasn't back then? When Falberg noticed a sweet taste on his hand. Hmm. Yeah, spoiler alert, no one's allowed to find an artificial sweetener on purpose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's a rule from yeah. henceforth. <laughs> so there were some articles on the sweet chemical compound benzoic sulfamide that were published in 1879 and 1880 by the two chemists. Mm, that does sound good. And 1884, Fallberg applied for patents for the production of what he called saccharin, which subsequently made him wealthy and Rimson angry. Womp, womp. Yeah, so Fallberg totally bogarted this stuff all for himself. And yep. Remsen was just like, what the fuck? It was like a chemical Edison versus Tesla. And because it was chemical, no one ever cared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Fallberg uh, got away with that one. Point, Fallberg. 1906. <laughs> the march of progress carries us further into the future. Teddy Roosevelt signs the Pure Food and Drug Act the first federal law regulating foods and drugs. 
also called a quote truth in labeling mm-hmm. law. Fun fact: you know why that what one of the huge pushes on that was? Why potato flour that people were using? It was a, a byproduct of potato production. Has no nutrient value, but you can you can make things with it that look like food and <laughs> eat them all day and starve to death. Wow! And this was becoming a huge problem, and that was one of the big pushes for it because, as as uh, we all know, including Upton Sinclair, told us not a huge lot of regulation in this time in the country as yeah. far as food and and things. So it seems kind of uh, odd that suddenly this law crops up in the uh, the early twentieth century. But it was because well, of this this interesting starvation problem that they were seeing <laughs> with adulterated foods. Wow. A uh, uh, necessity. Yeah. yeah. Prompted by this, in 1907, the U.S. Department of Agriculture began investigating saccharin, which was kind of the same thing. It was being re- it was replacing sugar in a lot of mm-hmm. uh, foods, yet had no nutritional value. Mm-hmm. Director of the Bureau of Chemistry, Harvey Wiley, thought that consumers were being deceived with this saccharin being added to foods. But Roosevelt was fine with it because he was a big consumer of saccharin. He didn't give a crap. Yeah, that's what I love is is that this isn't even like he wasn't even accepting checks from people. He's like, I use it all the time. Yeah, you can go to hell. <laughs> he get, he gets pissed at Wiley uh, and because t- if there's one thing we all know, Teddy Roosevelt, real shy Violet, right? <laughs> Wallflower <laughs> hates confrontation. <laughs> Literally bit a chunk. Out of Wiley's shoulder <laughs> in this meeting. <laughs> he told him, quote, anybody who says saccharin is injurious to health is an idiot, end quote. <laughs> and then threw a pen at him. <laughs> oh, man. So that was pretty much the end of Wiley's career after that. Yeah, like, um, that literally was the, uh, that, that killed him. And that was that was fine. Like, saccharin was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, Teddy Roosevelt said it was. Uh, 1912, there was Food Inspection Decision 142. Oh, yeah. Which stated that saccharin was not harmful. So that helped That helped everybody. I'm going to start numbering my decisions. <laughs> Netflix 12 a.m. decision number 617. <laughs> the Parent Trap. <laughs> Filed under... Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed results. <laughs> then, uh, then we get to World War One, mm-hmm. and the usage increased. The usage of saccharin increased uh, with the sugar shortages that were going on. Mm-hmm. Also, the chemical stability of saccharin was a as a as a huge bonus. It was easier to transport, easier to uh, store. Oh, I see. Sugar go bad. Uh, it sugar. It, it went bad. It was more susceptible to uh, water corruption. Sugar go bad. Um, and you uh, you had to use so much less of it. That's true, since saccharin was more sweet. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that we're going to come back around to uh, towards the end of this podcast is, is one of the reasons why it'll be on the list of reasons why the uh, why artificial sweeteners are so popular. There's a, there's a good economic drive for that. Yeah. In the 60s and 70s, popularity of artificial sweeteners increased with dieting trends yep. that started popping up. In the States. And then in 1965, uh, pharmaceutical research was uh, getting pretty groovy at a company called G.D. Searle. While looking for an inhibitor of a gastrointestinal hormone, the chemist James Schlatter accidentally spilled a bit of synthesized aspartame, which is a methyl ester of the aspartic acid phenylalanine dipeptide, and when he licked his finger... Are you sure about that? Yes. Sounds like you made it up. No, I know it. Okay. 
And when he licked his finger to lift a piece of paper, like you do, he discovered it's very strong, a sweet taste. Were they just like, is there just a, a special dumpster for scientists for like a hundred years at every research institute? These guys are licking their hands a lot. <laughs> and they you, don't you all know, turn out to be sweeteners. Yeah, you know what a I A lot of times it's just mercury. Of, I, I, uh, I think of Army of Darkness. When he's building his car back up, oh, and yeah. then that the one alchemist that he's working with like looks at the gunpowder and then starts to hold it over the flame, yeah. and he's like, "Oh no, no!" <laughs> I was thinking more like what was the movie, "The Name of the Rose," the Poison Book. It was a Sean Connery movie about uh, monks, and there was a a book that was like, oh, I don't think I've seen somewhat that. heretical, and these these monks were reading it and really getting into it, and someone had poisoned the corners of every page oh. and they lick their finger and turn it and they were dying and they were like, what's going on? Pretty smart. Yeah. Pretty smart. But yeah, that's how, that's how it happened. Completely by accident. Licking your fingers. You idiots. Oops, I spilled this. Let me just turn the page real quick <laughs> before I clean it up. Did he just like shove his finger in his mouth and go, ooh? <laughs> I hope so. That was in 65. In uh, 1969 and 1970, he decided to go on and research this aspartame yeah. thing. The findings were published in well-known scientific journals at the time. In 1967, a thing called a sulfame potassium was discovered by Carl Klaus and Harold Jensen in exactly the same way as aspartame. Fucking finger lickers. Yep. And they should all be dead. They should all be dead. Yeah, uh, you would think with uh, survival of the fittest, but no. Man, and, these guys uh, all went to college. You know, <laughs> like they got a lecture on lab safety. Now, uh, a sulfame potassium uh, is is another kind of sweetener, but it's always used with another uh, sweetener. So go ahead to the early seventies. Lab rat studies linked saccharin with the development of bladder cancer when combined with something called cyclamate which is a sodium or calcium salt of cyclamic acid. Also, a type of sweetener used to mask off tastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not hugely uh, more sweet than, than sugar. It's just enough to uh, hide some of that bitterness. Right, and, and all, uh, almost all of these artificial sweeteners have like a bitter aftertaste, and so you, you almost never see them in just their pure form. There's, right. always, a, another, there's always another little alcohol in that cocktail. There's a sidekick hanging yeah. around. There's a always wingman. A mixer helping uh, close the deal with those taste buds. This, uh, this prompted all food containing saccharin to then be labeled from then on, saying that it was saccharin and yep. uh, it, it's possibly carcinogenic. The FDA banned cyclamate under Commissioner Robert Schopline, who said the decision was more a matter of politics than science. Hey-o. Hmm. Uh, 1974, aspartame was approved for limited use by the FDA, mm-hmm. but not in soft drinks, in, in dry goods form, I believe. In 1975, the FDA put a hold on aspartame approval pending further investigation, and in 1976, Searle presented their tests and studies to an FDA task force, which were not well-received. Uh, more on that later. Now, the aspartame, the reason the difference between dry goods and soft drinks was because of uh, it was very temperature sensitive. And because of the liquid format in a can, you can get a lot more of a temperature variance mm-hmm. uh, because you know, the, the liquid itself, the water in it, will transmit that heat a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But in the dry format, a lot lower temperature variance. More stable. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it was because aspartame has uh, a lot more, uh, it's a lot more susceptible to heat. 
Right. Uh, and it will it will denature and degrade. In 1976, Leslie Hugh and Shashikant Fadness. That was a man, Leslie. Just putting it out there, because back then it was cool for dudes to be Leslie. Edith is a boy's name. <laughs> uh, they were working on a synthetic sucrose derivative. Hugh told Fadness to test a chlorinated sugar compound, but Fadness thought he said, taste it. And boom, <laughs> sucralose was discovered. Why are they alive? Honestly. And, and who's, would you jump off a cliff if Fadness told you to? I don't know if Fadness told me to drink it. He said, taste it, so I did it. Is, is the cliff in the lab? Yeah, probably. Right, right next to the rabid badger That's and the gigantic data, man. and the dehandifier. <laughs> what the, uh, so and, in and the wasp gun. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead here a little bit and we'll we'll get to some of this later because it shows up again. I don't want to repeat myself too much. Tales of finger sucking in science. <laughs> uh nineteen eighty one, Searle reapplies for approval. And in July of that year, newly appointed FDA commissioner, Arthur Hull Hayes Jr., reapproves aspartame for dry goods use. It had oh, been put on God. hold. Thank God. Pending the investigations. Uh, 1983, acting commissioner Mark Novich, in conjunction with Hayes, uh, approved aspartame for soft drinks and carbonated beverages. Woo! A, Hayes also made the acceptable daily intake 50 milligrams per kilogram up from 20 milligrams per nice. kilogram. Nice, better than doubled it. Yep. Uh, 1985, Aspartame Safety Act of 1985, introduced by Ohio Senator Howard Metzenbaum, and the bill died in the Senate. Uh, G.D. Searle purchased by Monsanto that year. Ever heard of them? And they created the subsidiary NutraSweet from mm. them. So good. Little blue packets. Little Chew blue them ones. like gum. 92, NutraSweet signed an agreement with Coke and Pepsi to be the preferred supplier of aspartame. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Huge deal. 2000, saccharin warning labels removed due to new testing of rodents, which more accurately measured the difference between their digestive system and humans' digestive system. Oh, better science. Mm-hmm. The march of progress. And today, aspartame, saccharin, sucralose are deemed... G-R-A-S, grass, generally recognized as safe by the FDA. Aspartame has been deemed safe for human consumption by many countries in the world. Including Europe, which are usually the sticklers. They're usually the holdouts. Yep. Now, I, this is the funny thing about, like, all, for all of these, we all just kind of lucked out. Um, they were just kind of like, go ahead, eat them, enjoy them. We're going to kind of give, like, a passing blush at science, but just <laughs> we're just get it out there. And then only, I mean... 15, 20 years, 30 years later, does the research really get done accurately? And then they say, well, good news. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to get back to this later. Yeah. Because now it's time for us to get into the debate. Ooh, debate. The debate uh, of artificial sweeteners and whether or not they should be uh, produced and put into our bodies. Well, well, that's fine because I actually have hired a, uh, a very earnest and all-American ad agency, and they've helped me craft my position. Okay, great. Let's start with your ad, I guess, uh, about artificial sweeteners, and, mm-hmm. and, and we'll go from there. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. I was just enjoying nature's bounty. You see, I enjoy an active outdoor lifestyle, and like you, I'm concerned about my health, which is why I prefer artificial sweeteners. Did you know that artificial sweeteners make things better with no calories. Tell me that's not going to help you next time you go out to the gym. 
They can also help you control your weight, and they're a safe alternative to that toxic poison, sugar. Artificial sweeteners don't contribute to tooth decay and cavities, which ruin your children's futures. And they're safe for diabetics. You're welcome, Mr. Brimley. Artificial sweeteners have been extensively studied and approved by scientists all over the world from some of the country's and world's best universities. And did you know that it was approved by our own American Food and Drug Administration? That's right. Hardworking American scientists working for your government have determined it to be safe for all of us. Because if there's one thing they want to keep safe, it's voters. Am I right? <laughs> I'm just kidding, but let me tell you. Artificial sweeteners aren't just my way, they're the American way. And thanks for stopping by. That was uh, that was money well spent, I think, Dave. Yeah, me too. Because very you know nice. what? I'm totally cool with artificial sweeteners. Great. That's that's very nice. I actually, uh, I've put together my own uh, ad. I, oh, I, really? I don't have the money to hire an agency because I'm kind of on the fringe. Oh, here. right, right. And uh, everything's... Not pro- not for profit. You got that that friend named Warlock in his his lead shielded suite that helps you do these things. Have you seen him? <laughs> well, no one's seen him. <laughs> right answer. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I put together one of one of my own here. Oh, okay. Uh, all about artificial sweeteners. Oh, actually. good, good. So I assume that we'll we'll be in agreement on it. Yeah. Um. Let's let's see. What is the government putting into your body? Artificial sweeteners are synthetic chemicals and completely unnatural. Artificial sweeteners trick the body nutritionally. Trick, trick, trick. They're responsible for a long list of maladies. Oh. Ever get a headache? Artificial sweeteners caused cancer and tumors in lab rats. What are you giving your baby? (laughs) They metabolically break down into poisons in your body. I thought I could trust the government. Advocates of artificial sweeteners will tell you it's been the most researched thing in the last 30 years. But who did the research? (laughs) Research was flawed or fabricated. (laughs) There have been serious conflicts of interests in the testing and approvals of artificial sweeteners. But why was approval railroaded through government? Corporations will tell you artificial sweeteners are healthy. But what are they not telling you? So go ahead, pop open the top of that diet soft drink. Drink up. Fatty. So, well, so there you go. Wow, I didn't know that you were friends with Skeletor. Yeah. (laughs) He's a a food advocate. He's... uh... He's had some bad experience from artificial sweeteners. So. Can we run for office, please? Because <laughs> we have what it takes. Yeah, yeah. Not brains. Well, Woo. we're just we're just sexy, and everyone likes sexy. So uh, these are 
<laughs> what we what we've kind of thrown at you here are what uh, the extreme sides of the argument or debate about artificial sweeteners bring up. Yeah, and and I don't just to be a, a completely crystal clear, both sides are kind of bullshit a little bit. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, yeah, I personally don't think that artificial sweeteners are dangerous to people, but we, especially here in the United States, can make anything toxic because we don't know how to stop eating a thing. Right, right. After doing this research, this is something we can get to in conclusions, I guess, <laughs> if we can draw some about this at the end, but uh, uh, I don't think artificial sweeteners are the devil that we need to be wary of in right. this. I think there's there's a magic show going on and, and they're telling you to look at the their hands. Which they will then lick. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's go through this debate and, and kind of break down yeah. each of these these arguments or or at least as many as we can here in the time that we have. Let's start with the idea that these are derived from natural sources. I'm gonna stamp a mostly false on this. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just just because both coal tar and an apple contain carbon does not make them the same thing. Right. I think this is deliberately misleading. Even stevia, which is probably as close to coming from a natural source as you can get, is is pretty processed and refined. Yep. From these yes, it leaves. Is. Uh, and sucralose, uh, obviously, it comes from sugars, but the uh, the molecules are really chlorinated. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're chlorinated, and uh, ultimately, artificial sweeteners are completely synthetic. Yeah, they really are, and there's just no way to get around that fact. That's why they're called artificial sweeteners and not sweeteners. <laughs> right. The fact that they have zero calories and may help control weight, this one is a uh, true for one, mixed for the other, I think. Yeah, and there is, there is actually a growing body of research that psychologically, because the, none, of these, uh, none of these artificial sweeteners are an equivalent to sugar. There's right. no one-to-one. It's... It's multiples right. uh, of, of the sweetness that they actually train people to become accustomed to sweeter foods in general mm-hmm. and uh, that they don't help with people with weight loss. Um, and there's there's yep. a small amount of research, which I think is still pretty either super early or not very conclusive, that your body might still release uh, in an Insul- equal. Yeah, it might have an equal insulinic response to uh, an artificial sweetener that it does to sugar. Now, when that insulin comes out, uh, which, which is what grabs sugars in food, that's its job. So you don't really come out ahead. You're, that much more sugar will still be taken from the, the rest of the food that you're eating. That, that's still pretty early. I don't know if that's necessarily gospel at this point, but it yeah. is something to keep your eye on. I'll tell you what. I, I've got some stuff for the next thing that we're going to tackle, which, which goes right hand in hand with that, uh, about the zero calories. Absolutely true. That it has no nutritive value at all. You will starve to death if this is all you have on your desert island. Yep. Um, according to an article in the Harvard School of Public Health, which uh, cites a 2007 study in the European Journal of Clinical Nutrition, some long-term studies of artificial sweetener consumption show weight loss or weight maintenance. They also show no effect, and they also show weight gain. So that's about as... A mixed result right. as you can get. That's a non-result. Yep. So the the ability to help control weight, the jury's still out. But as I said, it's in lockstep with the thought that the sweeteners trick the body nutritionally, which is something that was mm-hmm. in my ad. Right now, it's unclear, but it's leaning towards being true. Because, right. and I'll cite I'll cite a couple things here for you. Uh, 2008 Purdue University study published in Behavioral Neuroscience. 
uh, supported the idea that the brain responds to sweetness with signals to eat more at first, then slow down. Uh, providing a sweet taste with no calories could confuse the feedback to the brain, making the body actually crave more food. This was shown in lab rats, which were fed with uh, saccharin-sweetened food. Lucky rats. Uh, which caused the rats to take in more calories and gain more weight than rats fed sugar-sweetened food. There was also a long-term study published in Obesity, which is the official journal of the Obesity Society, in 2008, which took 3,700 residents of San Antonio, Texas, and showed over an eight-year period that, quote, those who averaged three or more artificially sweetened beverages a day were more likely to have gained weight than those who didn't drink artificially sweetened beverages, end quote. Well, and there's, I mean, there's no shortage of research just about uh, soft drinks in general. Yeah. Whether that is uh, a psychological training, whether there's an actual uh, a, a metabolic problem with that, whether they're, I mean, obviously drinking uh, uh, sweet and just like sugar, regular soft drinks is just disastrous for your health. Yeah. But but is is drinking the same amount of soda with, with an artificial sweetener any better for you in the long run. I think it still establishes a pattern in your mind uh, of, of in, in, a, in an individual of, of needing uh, these hyper sweetened beverages and foods. It, it creates a, a pattern of behavior. Yeah. It's a safe alternative to sugar. I'll get, I'll give you that. It, it, this one is to me a little unclear just with so many tests that you can find going either way. So half of them say it's fine. Half of them say it's, it's horrible. See, now I, I, I disagree with that. I think that I think that the the vast majority of the research has borne out that it is a safe alternative. Ah. In, in, when you when you get to a point in a discussion where you have to quantify what safe means, again, especially for Americans, it's like Homer Simpson when Marge says that he can eat um, rice cakes to lose weight, and he makes the tower of rice cakes yeah. that's just slathered in butter and bacon. You know, like that's actually what we do. I think that for a, a well-balanced diet, that replacing sugar with artificial sweeteners is fine. But if you if you were if you leaning, overdo it, right? If yeah. you're leaning on it like the crutch, if it's the the foundation of your get fit plan, you're in serious trouble. Part of this comes on something that, that we're going to tackle after we get through these lists, which is sort of a conspiracy of it. That, and, and I don't even know if conspiracy is the right word for it, but. I think hogwash is what you're after. No, this is it's it's the <laughs> conflicts it's the conflicts of interest that that we're getting in because the testing that's so extensively been done has been done by the industry that is trying to market and produce these artificial sweeteners. A lot of them are already funded and paid for by the companies that are producing them. So that to me already says well, it, it, it's hard to trust completely 100. percent uh, on, on the other side of that, opponents say that, you know, there's a long list of maladies that, that are with this and that, that uh, stuff that, that could happen to you health-wise could include headaches, diarrhea, arthritis, seizures, chronic fatigue, dizziness, hair loss, impotency, insomnia, transformation, <laughs> ley line uh, problems. <laughs> I, I found a site that had 92 problems listed on it, and that's that's not even like the super bad problems that they then listed later. And, but like you, lupus. Lupus was one of them. Cancer, tumors. Right. And you can blame anything on everything. And right. that same list of diseases will pick will show up on the same 
website for a totally different reason. Yeah, probably for, fluoride. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, a lot of research is done at uh, at the university level. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just quoted a Purdue study. Right, right. You know, like th- these aren't all done by, you know, the company that's trying to sell them. The majority of the direct health studies are done by the U.S. government because they're the governing body. They're the ones that have to do a study. Is that shaky at times? Absolutely. I mean, there's even uh, what we covered in our GMO episode, you know, the fact that you've got uh, one of the main lobbyists from Monsanto is now working for the FDA yep. and he's in charge of making those decisions. Is Deputy that... Commissioner for Foods and Veterinary Medicine. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> there's an obvious conflict there and there's a very similar game getting run here with, with these artificial sweeteners. But that game played out 20 years ago uh, and those things have now been studied extensively by a lot of other organizations. And, and initially, I will absolutely cede that that was shadily done. And, and should those have come to market as fast as they did? No way. And we dodged a bullet. It turns out that we've we've got you know three and in some cases four or five decades worth of research backing this up now that 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 these things are safe to use, but but that they didn't know that then, and they still let people just go nuts on it, which is right, uh, which is a common theme in these sorts of discussions that that they stay ahead of the legislation, right? And the the weird thing about this is you do get people that swear that artificial sweeteners have been ucking up their shit for years and when they stop they suddenly get better of course who knows on on the other side that that's not some smear campaign by the sugar industry or they they've been paid to do that or they just don't know it could be something else the fact is with how many people that drink these things there aren't that many cases that that you hear about that are out there i know i i've asked multiple people when we were doing this research who I know to drink many, many diet drinks a day. Do you have any symptoms that, that are anywhere like this? What What's going on? Of course, a lot of it is, is like you said, anything and everything. It's, it's how do you tell? Well, I'm, I'm tired, okay, but, but is that just because, you know, I have either haven't done anything all day or I've worked hard all day <laughs> in, right. instead of the diet drink? Uh, yeah, I get headaches from time to time, but I've got kids. You know, right. And and then that's the thing, you know, those, those same people that say, Oh, I changed this one thing and it fixed my entire life. That is an incredulous thing. No, there's no, I mean, it's so rare to have one thing except for like that guy who goes to the doctor and realized there's been a nail in his head for 20 years, you know, like there, that, that, that's a, it's a very uncommon thing to have happen. And I think what is most, the reason why you hear these stories and not just about artificial sweeteners, about anything about, oh, I removed GMOs from my diet, or I, I, you know, there's a psychological trigger to that too, of a person saying, oh, I did this thing that, that not everybody does, and it changed everything, so I'm smarter, and I'm better than. There's, there's, there's a psychological trick involved in that, and I think... I think that's got some weight too, though. Yeah, and I think that I when, you, when you get, especially into the kind of the deeper organizations that, that are concerned with these things, you get, you get a lot of weirdos. You do get a lot of weirdos. But what you said before, if we just knew how to moderate the things that we exactly. put in our body, you know, probably and moderation be a is but, the thing that we're not good at. Yeah, um, let's um, let's keep going, real yeah. before we get too too off. It doesn't contribute to tooth decay and cavities. True. Yeah, true. That it's got true. nothing for uh, mouth bacteria to chew on. Yep, does not help. 
them uh, causes cancer and tumors in lab rats. This is mostly false. Now, there were some studies in the 70s that seemed to show a correlation, but they have since been dis- disproven, like we said, due to the rat and human differences. Yep. Uh, other studies have shown that massively overfeeding rats, artificial sweeteners, will cause tumors, but at an amount that's almost impossible to replicate for humans. Yeah. If you massively is. overdo anything, you're going to get something back. What is it? It's, it's like 11,000 packets a day. I don't know. I mean, it was, it was an inordinately like a dump dumb. truck amount. Yeah. Safe for diabetics. Uh, true in that yeah. it's not sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Diabetes. Now here's, here's the big one. And this is, this is, well, here's a big one. <laughs> Metabolically breaks down into poisons in the body. Yeah. Now let's, let's talk about this uh, for a second. I mean, that is true to a degree, mm-hmm. but this is, the, this, this is the kind of thing that I truly hate. Because it's it's a it's a shit fact. It's a it's a lie fact. It's a it's a false truth. There, but but when when we go through here, you'll see there's there's kind of it's going both ways with it, and it, it's science that's coming out on top in the end. Yeah, there can be only one, and science is holding the the katana. <laughs> that's right. Keep testify, Flora. <laughs> so the metabolism of aspartame, for example, breaks it down into aspartic acid phenylalanine, and methanol. Yep. Breaks it down into 40% aspartic acid. Aspartic acid is a non-essential amino acid, which is fine for the body in regulated amounts. Again, regulated. As always, too much you know, can lead to problems, including killing certain neurons in the brain by allowing too much calcium in. 50% of aspartame gets broken down into phenylalanine. You might have heard of this one before. Phenylalanine is another amino acid, and this one is an essential amino acid, and it's found naturally in a lot of sources like proteins and meats. But it is trouble for people with a genetic disorder called phenylketonuria, or PKU, or PK fire, um, in which <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, a, it's a video game reference. <laughs> okay. And in that uh, disorder, phenylalanine can't be metabolized, which leads to dangerously high levels of, of phenylalanine in the brain, uh, which a lot of times proved to be fatal. Now, without having this disorder, phenylketonuria, large doses of aspartame can cause a rapid increase of phenylalanine in the brain, specifically in the hypothalamus and medulla oblongata. It can also decrease the levels of serotonin in the brain, which could lead to emotional disorders such as depression. Uh, and these, I found that this info in the, uh, a Mayo Clinic article from 2012, and uh, there was a study in 1987, kind of old, uh, but it was done by doctors Wertman and Ritter that said that. So phenylalanine, again, in moderate amounts, probably fine. It does. Mm-hmm. It does cause some spikes yep. in there. And I think it, it affects you more than maybe the aspartic acid does. Uh, and maybe even more than this methanol that we're going to get to. But yeah. And if you have, and if you have PKU, you'll know, you know, like, and you'll, and anyone, anyone is listening, like look at uh, your can of soda or a pack of gum. And it's actually, there's a warning labels on yeah. it. It says contains phenylketonuric so that those people right. know I can't enjoy five gum. And if you uh, if you have that, you you probably know already to people oh, yeah. on the lookout for this stuff. So and it is great that those that that's a label because that's a it's a, a somewhat rare disorder. Yeah. But but it's it's labeled on everything. So point to the government on that for making that required mm-hmm. for the people who have that disorder because that's a that's a weird thing to for a person who has to look for that. That's yeah. a hard thing to track down. I wonder if pe- people with PK fire. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if people with PKU have to avoid meats. Since they contain some level, some some phenylalanine in them, 
I don't know. Hmm. If you are a listener and have that, we'd like to know because yeah. I, I don't know anyone who, who has that. I don't so. either. Also, aspartame breaks down into 10% methanol. This is a, this is a big one for people. Uh, because methanol is also known as wood alcohol, it's the simplest alcohol. It's the thing that makes you go blind if you do it wrong. Yeah. It's produced naturally in the anaerobic metabolism of some bacteria. Yep. It does have a high toxicity in humans. Advocates of artificial sweeteners say that the amount of methanol that you get from a Diet Coke Mm -hmm. is going to be less than you get from eating any fruit or ingesting any fruit juice because fruits, fruit juice, things like that already contain methanol in it when you digest them. Not to, I mean, to say nothing of having a delicious cold beer. Yeah. Now, this is true, right? Yep. But I have found in reading about this all week and just being flooded with... (laughs) I, my brain shut off after a period, <laughs> I've got to tell you. They always, always leave out the fact that methanol in nature is never found without ethanol. And usually ethanol is found in higher amounts. Mm-hmm. Now, why does that matter? Advocates will say that it doesn't matter, that there's not enough of anything to, to matter at all. And look over there. But uh, ethanol is considered an antidote for methanol because it is preferentially metabolized in the body, which blocks the metabolization of methanol until the methanol gradually passes out of the body. Advocates also say that fruit juices contain 140 milligrams of methanol per liter. This is kind of a bullshit fact because it's based on a 1956 <laughs> French study on grape juice for winemaking presented you lost by me at French. <laughs> Presented by the researchers Frankot and Jeffrey. They did not include a methodology in their paper, and the 140 milligrams per liter figure uh, was an average of, of many different things. And they were they were looking at methanol, you know, for production of, of, uh, of the liquor, wine yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to make sure that was regulated. But this is something that you'll hear referenced a lot by people who are scientists that say methanol's in everything. Don't worry about it. Methanol is produced in in the metabolization of aspartame. Ethanol is not. Ethanol is supposed to be the kissing cousin that that goes along with it and kisses it down to where the body doesn't even know it's there. And we'll see, I guess this matters to some people. At no point in any point in my life do I not have a pretty good amount of ethanol working (laughs) through me. So if you enjoy a Diet Coke, rub it up. Just a little... Irish it up. Yeah, that's the way you keep it safe. Because <laughs> I mean, if people get methanol poisoning, if they uh, are wheeled into the emergency room and their levels of methanol are just going through the roof, they get injected with ethanol to keep that down. So the body focuses on that. So it, it makes sense. I, you know, it, granted, those people who get methanol poisoning, it's you, because they they're they're trying to make their own liquor. It's not because they drink a. <laughs> ton of diet coke moonshine you'll find this in a lot of moonshine Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact uh the season before i was in antarctica one of the scientists tried to uh steal his own gin and killed himself that'll do it whoops a daisy with methanol when methanol gets uh, metabolized it'll break down into two things formaldehyde and then that formaldehyde breaks into formic acid sounds scary formaldehyde in your body you know that, yeah. that should only happen when, when you're dead, right? That's what big government wants you to do. Right. Or doesn't. Now, the human body produces a small and harmless amount of formaldehyde daily, actually. And it gets uh, metabolized, no problem. However, the, uh, ingestion of as little as 30 milligrams of anything with at least 37% formaldehyde in it 
can be lethal to the body. And that's that's taking it in on top of whatever you're already making. So you're saying if you take between 10 and 12 grams of pure uh, formaldehyde, which is almost a shot glass because a, a gram is a cubic centimeter of water, assuming a somewhat approximate density, which is not really the case, but that's almost a shot glass. That's a huge, huge amount of formaldehyde to pound down. Could be, yeah. The debate on formaldehyde is whether or not it accumulates in the body. And that's what I'm going to get to now. Advocates say that uh, it's it's natural, that, that formaldehyde you know gets in here, mm-hmm. it, it happens, whatever. It's too small to matter, it's healthy. It seems like uh, studies show that formaldehyde does not accumulate in the body, at least not as easily as, as what it breaks down into after that. Uh, so the formaldehyde is not as, as big a, a sticking point as people might think, especially opponents. Right. Now, when it breaks down into formic acid, the formic acid is not as potently toxic as formaldehyde, but it metabolizes more slowly. So that means it's easier to get that stored up in your body. Uh, Therefore, the more you put in, the more it builds up, the longer it takes your body to work through it, right? It can be easily metabolized. The body's, you know, ready and prepped to metabolize formic acid, but... Chronic overexposure leads to damage of the optic nerve and may cause uh, kidney damage. Now, this is where what you just said, methanol poisoning messes up, goes right. bl- you go blind, things like that. It's called the formic acid. Also, it's what uh, ants have when, it, when you get bit by a fire ant. Yep. That's my little entomology fact for you. As a matter of fact, what was that, that Bullstein uh, hoax email about uh, aspartame? It says... You wouldn't want that in you, would you? Oh, it's I, the poison that an ant uses to sting you to death. I should. I didn't use that in my ad. Yeah, you should. That. Yeah, it's, sorry. That's why you should have hired pros, <laughs> <laughs> like I did. So there's just a ton of back and forth on this. Like that's one of the reasons that it's an ongoing discussion. You know, like there's there's just. Yeah, I, I even have a, a 1997 World Health Organization uh, fact, factoid, but I'm, I'm not going to go through it because it basically all is, is a wash. It, yeah. it says yay and nay about everything. Uh, I will yeah. say, though, that a study published in a 2010 issue of American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that women who drank at least one diet soda per day were 38% more likely to have their baby early compared to those who didn't. And at four diet drinks a day, the risk increased to 78%. Now, was that the cheerleaders of the Pac-10 issue? It, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, man. San Diego State? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that's part of the Pac-10. Okay. Cali- Cali- UCLA? Sports Whatever. joke? Based on, uh, this was based on data from 59,334 pregnancies that were tracked in Denmark between 96 and 2002. Now, for comparison... With the same data set, women who smoked every day were 21% more likely to deliver early than non-smokers. I thought that was an interesting thing. Yeah. So, uh, pregnant ladies, be careful. Mm-hmm. Always. Uh, I think that that's just about everything. This is, uh, man, it, it, I'm chewing on it, and there's still a lot left. So we're going to bust through a lot of these conspiracies, because yeah, I know we're getting long in the tooth. Rack them up. Uh, now, I already time. mentioned this uh, briefly. The Markle letter. Yeah. This is uh, an internet chain letter that was going around. Yep, and it's uh, it is it is again like it's it's a hoax. Probably gained some traction because it's one of those things that just kind of uh, gives the truth a, a. It's a shock thing. Yeah, it gives yeah. the truth a, a casual glance and a nod, just enough to sell a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, and from what I found, there is no Nancy Markle. Nope. Or at least not 
one who wrote this this chain letter. Right. And it's you know, it's this this thing talking about aspartame and how how evil it is and, and all that stuff. Yeah, how everything is going to destroy you and it's I mean it's it's been it's been debunked and destroyed and defived. And it and, and the sad the sad thing about it is as as clearly you've already heard today, there's plenty of traction. Yeah. You know, there there are there are there's stuff you can pick yeah, out and look at. Exactly. There are there are plenty of of legitimate courses of attack if you are against artificial sweeteners is but this woman this is just an internet hoax just a crappy it's the kind of thing that your your well-meaning aunt will forward you and you'll know because it's fw colon fw colon fw colon r-e-r-e-f-w colon and then amazing truth there's like uh, a thousand exclamation points and yep. capital letters yeah and so and so that's the, you, you've probably already seen that and it is it's a hoax this next one is is something that that really uh, really sang to my heart. To me, this is the most valid thing to raise an eyebrow at out okay. of out of the whole artificial sweetener BS. This thing is is something that that I think should make you go make you go <laughs> things that make you go. <laughs> All right, it'll make you fart. It's the controversy over the FDA approval process for aspartame. Yeah, which includes such players as GD Searle, Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, withheld the falsified data, the revolving door relationships between regulators and officials in there. Yep. U.S. attorneys. Uh, I mean, it's it's all over the place. So, I'm I'm going to distill it down in the interest of time. If you if you really want to read about this, I'll tell you what. There's an amazing history transcript which you can read up. Actually, you can find it on the FDA.gov re- website, or there's a website called HolisticMed.com that that has something on here. It really lays out some some interesting things that happened in the history of this approval process. I'm going to tell you the very major uh, events in there, including 1977. This is when Donald Rumsfeld takes over as CEO for G.D. Searle and allegedly was going to uh, make the problem of getting aspartame approved a legal problem as opposed to a scientific problem. Mm-hmm. There was a, a U.S. Uh, attorney named Sam Skinner that was uh, supposed to convene a, a grand jury to investigate G.D. Searle about this. Well, he hemmed and hawed until the statute of limitations ran out, and then he went to work for G.D. Searle. In uh, 1981, Ronald Reagan takes office, and April of that year, he appoints Arthur Hull Hayes Jr. Uh, as FDA commissioner. In July, Hayes overrules a public board of inquiry hold on aspartame approval and ignores the law to approve aspartame, again, as a, an additive to dry goods. And 83, uh, it's approved for carbonated beverages. And then shortly after that, Hayes left the FDA to become a consultant for G.D. Searle's public relations firm, Burston Marsteller. Those are, those are the biggest... I mean, I, I've got the whole thing written down here, but like I said, interest of time... That's just a couple of examples yeah. of like, which is such a, a disappointingly common thing. Yeah, and and since eighty one, like since uh, Reagan got in office, to me the the FDA has just been a circus. Well, I strongly suspect it was far before he got in there. I, don't I mean, no, I mean they had studies up to that point had the scientists and, and committees saying, you know what? I mean, look look what happened. Look what Roosevelt did. <laughs> he just shouted, nope. The scientists saying, wait, you know, let's wait on aspartame until we can figure this out because such crappy science was done by G.D. Searle that they they couldn't approve anything. 
They, I mean, they literally said, quote, we have noted that Searle has not submitted all the facts of experiments to FDA, retaining unto itself the unpermitted option of filtering, interpreting, and not submitting information which we would consider material to the safety evaluation of the product. And uh, they go on to say that the experiments were horribly done, they were incomplete, they were faked, they were botched, they were delayed, and, quote, incredibly sloppy science. What we discovered was reprehensible, end quote. Burn! That now, is wait, what they said about wait, Searle's Can you please reread that as Gordon Ramsay? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because my Gordon Ramsay's not great and we don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> reprehensible. You're a pig! I love that show. Uh, so, which is you know what, very similar to uh, Stevia's trip yeah, in the nineties. Uh, you would think that things got better over time, but it doesn't. Stevia, which is just a plant extract, commonly used in South America, used in Japan, um, all of a sudden in ninety one gets slapped by the FDA as an unsafe food additive because uh, their reason that they didn't know enough that they mm-hmm. they there wasn't enough toxicological information on it. And so, boom, suddenly no more stevia. And, and people take issue with this, including uh, an Arizona congressman calls it restraint of trade um, and thought that this is thought that this was uh, entirely motivated by the sugar industry, because now you've gotten another organic plant competing with sugar mm-hmm. and uh, with and with less of a caloric count. That's going to be a problem for them. Yeah. And if there's one thing this country does is protect its sugar industry vehemently. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, there's a very recent great NPR article about uh, about sugar subsidies and how all that works, and it's amazing, and you should read it, especially if you enjoy candy. And I know we sure do. We sure do. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. Also, if you enjoy kisses, <laughs> give me some sugar. Knock I, it off, Tab. I've got the banana bur public on that one. <laughs> on kisses. Weird. <laughs> Uh, so someone complains to the FDA, they lock it all down, and the FDA will never let anyone know who made the complaint. They even redacted it from freedom of information requests. So that's hanky. That's great. That's wow. crazy stuff. This goes on to 94. It's just, it's the same, same old thing. Wow. It goes through ringer after ringer after ringer. And only recently is it finally get, uh, in, in December, in 2008, Yes, you can use it. That's why Stevia feels like this brand new thing on the market mm. because it's only been fully allowed and considered safe in the last uh, five years. Wow. Interesting. There's a, I don't know if I'd call it a conspiracy or not, but uh, there is the thought that when when a, a diet drink expires, because they do have expiration dates, yep. when, when it expires, it becomes uh, uh, basically a can of poison for you. While it's true that they do expire... And that the stuff does break down, yeah, in there. Yep, into into not not very good stuff. It's it's. I mean, the stuff's going to break down into the into that junk anyway. But what are you doing drinking an expired? Well, I mean, <laughs> I every, would hope that you wouldn't. I have actually had the opportunity. Thank you, crappy local bodega, uh, to drink a couple of expired sodas in my day. First of all, who on earth looks at the expiration date on a can of Coke? Nobody. Yeah. It's not milk. No. You oh. just don't. You just grab it and pop it and drink it. I've drank uh, in my life a, a handful, like two or three or four expired diet sodas. And you know instantly. Anyone who's done this knows what I'm talking about. It just tastes like dirt. <laughs> and you, you don't keep drinking it. Yeah. Unless you're sad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that is interesting that these, these are not the most stable things on yeah. earth. Also, uh, heat can break them down. Yep. 
Um, it, it's like beer. You can skunk a soda. Yeah. I mean, it, it does break down the stuff. It does cause the things to, to form that, yeah. that we mentioned in there. Some of the methanol and I think some of that. Formate. And that, that is, it's not good for you. No. If you, you know, if and you drink one, it's not going to be a big deal. But if you're you, not going to want to. Like, you, it yeah. is a clear something's wrong beverage. Yeah. And if you drink it, then it's clear that something's wrong with you, too. Unless you find an old Pepsi, a crystal Pepsi, then it should just be clear. Zing. And also uh, I, squiggle. You know, I just mentioned uh, uh, milk. There's a debate now going on whether or not they, they're going to put aspartame in milk. Have you heard this? You guys seen this? You heard about this? You, 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 Paul? Paul? You heard about <laughs> Aspartame. Aspartame, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Um, dairy groups are petitioning the FDA apparently to allow artificial sweeteners in milk without labeling them as reduced calorie or reduced sugar. What they are not doing is petitioning them to uh, not include aspartame in the list of ingredients. So they will still include aspartame in the list of ingredients, but they will not include that it's a low calorie or low sugar uh, drink. Huh. Going in milk. Milk. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, After my milk. <laughs> Dairy Rage, part three. <laughs> oh, man. There you go. What a what a hunk of stuff. Yeah. There And there's... It just keeps going. It, it keeps going, you guys. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're interested in it, go out there and, and try to wade through this sea of, of sadness. It's uh, magnificent and delicious. Actually, it's... I got to be honest. It's, it's like irritating and boring. Like I was bored, irritated. I was like bored and then mad and then bored and then mad again. Yeah. So we took a bullet for you. You're welcome. I got a, I got a lot of uh, links with this. Yeah. We're going to link it up because you haven't gotten enough. I could sit here and tell you like, what should you do instead of artificial? Well, uh, you don't, don't just don't drink it. Don't have sugar. Don't, you know, eat healthy foods. That's all you got to do. If you're worried about your health, don't friggin' put it in your body. Yep. If you're worried about it, don't do it. There's, and, and and if there's you not do, much else to it, you know? It's like, if you want something sweet, honey's okay. Yeah. It's it's actually a lot sweeter than high fructose corn syrup. So, Bye. again, in moderation, people. Yeah. If you like soda, have a can. Have a can. A can. That's it. And then... I, and don't, then don't rely on this for your hydration, though. No. Drink tons of water. I, listen, I'm, we're not, I'm not going to lecture you I, guys. That's the thing. Like, yeah, it's... <laughs> We're not nutritionists, but still, come on. Yeah, no one's going to take a look at me and say, no, that's a man who knows about health and nutrition. Oh, <laughs> uh, nope. No, don't don't listen to me. Yeah. I, that's a man who knows about the origins of Wolverine. You'd be wrong again, but mm. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Forewarned is forearmed, and I don't know what we did for you. In any sort of conclusion that I guess we draw from this, like I said, I'm disappointed that there wasn't a sexier conspiracy out here. Oh, yeah. Artificial sweeteners actually moved up on the list for me. I'm a little more okay with it after doing a lot of this research. I'm still iffy on this conflict of interest thing. I don't know if I trust anything that's happened since 1981. (laughs) At all. At all. Including my birth. (laughs) (laughs) The whole having its own industry research, its own industry, that... yeah, that that's stuff. Everything. Is, everything does that. Well, it, that but that doesn't make it good either. No, it does not. So it it's not clear. It didn't clear the the high bar, but it uh, it made a good jump. Yeah, and, and might get a bronze. I really f- tried. In my book. I really tried. Uh, again, the whole FDA thing. That's bullstein. That's yep. complete bullstein. What do you com- conclude? Uh, you know what? I was 
I mean, I personally do moderate like my soda intake. I don't drink soda during the week, mm-hmm. but I am an adult 13 year old on the weekends. I like to get jacked up on caffeine and watch movies and play video games until all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. And so I, I only drink soda on the weekend and, uh, I, I just cut it out of my diet. I don't, I don't like, I actually, uh, when I was in Antarctica, I got out of the habit of drinking soda. So I, I can't drink like regular, uh, Coke or Pepsi way too sweet. It's like a, like syrup. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, so if I drink a soda, I always would prefer a diet one just because I prefer the flavor more, hmm. but no, I mean, uh, I, I feel better about the same with you. Like it moved up in a few notches, but it's not like, Hey, yeah, didn't hurry for free for all. You know what, what I would have been, was hoping to find, I was hoping to find a study conducted to the rigorous standards that we ourselves set. For the 2013 Miscrypted Contest. That is how you segue, mother bitch. (laughs) Pen drop. We haven't done the puns yet. Great. Well, now we wasted that segue. Fine. F***ing puns. Damn it. (laughs) But it's a great segue into puns. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Puns, then the contest. I... What see? Here's the thing that I don't know if the listeners know, but like, Mister Flora, you're you're the guy with your finger on the pulse of like all the emails and everything. Like you you monitor that, and I don't know. So I always find out while we're recording who our cryptid is every week. So I'm very excited to get to that. But yes, I guess we'll just do puns because it's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> puns. What you got for me, Flora? All right. I've got a super sweet, zero calorie, super alcoholic homemade liquor called Hootra Sweet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hootra Sweet. Um, I've got an attempt to, to kind of establish a little bit more balance in the sweetener market. Okay. So it is a, uh, a granulated product that is 50% sugar, 50% stevia extract. It's called Even Stevia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anything else, tough guy? I've got a girl possessed by a super sweet demon, Splenda Blair. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's really good. By the way, that pea soup she spits out, delicious. Oh, herf. The power of Christ compels you to use this sweetener. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> make that, make, hire my ad agency. <laughs> Maybe they should hire me. I need a job. I'm actually uh, making a documentary that's uh, going to be exposing the uh, the aspartame industry called Asper Untamed. <laughs> yeah, oh was, man, sounds wild. Yeah, that, I I got to tell you that that was more of a, a a bunt of a pun. <laughs> that was I wasn't swinging for the fence. That was a bunt. You try to suicide just, squeeze. Yeah, I just and it was had more to get suicide a, yeah, than squeeze. <laughs> it truly was. <laughs> Oh. oh gosh, you guys need to send us your puns. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. All right, Stecco. This know. is it. <laughs> this is it. We get to find out who completes our uh, quad of power. <laughs> our power squat our, our quads. Quad force. Uh, uh, we we are going to uh, go over who was in the last episode. Yep. And I'll announce the winner. Last week on Blurry Photos. Dun, 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 dun. He's got a gun! Dun, 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 dun. No! <laughs> I don't care who's at risk. Dun, 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 dun. Hello? 
Is, is someone there? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> We're the worst at this. No, you're fired. <laughs> oh, man. And someone won't be back next season. <laughs> montage, was a- montage, yeah. montage, 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 <laughs> montage. Yeah, All right, Flora, tell us who uh, who who were the elegant ladies we danced with last week. All right, the uh, the dancers last week were the Australian Mimi, mm-hmm. the Oswong. <laughs> did the- you say that right? Oh, I did. <laughs> I don't know about you. Or uh, as you may have uh, uh, been ear berated by <laughs> the asswang. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> uh, we also had the hisi. Yep. And rounding out our uh, uh, beautiful contestants, the lizard man of scape or swamp. That's right. So, the winner of week four. I think I know who it is. I think I feel I feel good. I think you you called it last time. I did last time, but I didn't call it the prior two times. So I, th- I think I know who the winner is. Are Are you going to keep it a secret, or do you want to call it? Man, I'll tell you what. I feel real confident about the ass wang. Do you? That's how I feel. I feel confident what? about the ass wang. All right, all right. Well, all right. I know we we've this episode's been kind of long anyway, so I, I won't uh, yeah. <laughs> won't delve into your your machinations there. <laughs> all right. So the winner. Week four, uh-huh. 2013 miscrypted contest is. Was <laughs> <laughs> that the drum roll? <laughs> the Oswang. Yeah! I'm psychic. <laughs> Congratulations, Oswang. You move on to the final four, and that means. Yeah. We have our stage set. Oh, for our final four. Now the Oswong. <laughs> David Flora, the Oswong moves into the final round. That means he's going to have to pit his or her skills up against the following contestants. Number one, the Bat Squatch. Now the Bat Squatch is a large, purple, hairy hominid found in the Pacific Northwest, most notable for the fact that it can fly with giant wings. We, <laughs> number two, the Honey Island Swamp Monster. This is also a hominid found in the Louisiana area of the United States. It's got a prominent odor and is a pest to local farmers and hunters. Number three, the Chonchon. The Chonchon is a Chilean head vampire that will flap around on its ear wings, uh, latching onto the necks of its victims. It also has talons. Now, where those talons come from, <laughs> no one knows. It's a mysterious creature. <laughs> and rounding it out... The Oswang. The Oswang. It's just, it's just right there. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I do it because it fit in with the pun for me last week. Yeah, but. oh, see? So you'll do it when it's easy, when it's necessary. Okay. <laughs> yes, I will. That's yeah, why, because yeah, it's that, easy. That's... Yeah. And the Aswang, Filipino, uh, absolute nightmare creature. <laughs> Sort of, sort of vampiric. Yeah, it's got some vampire in it. It's got some uh, shape shifting ability. Shamp shape shamp shifting. Shamp 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 Got some shame shifting. Got some, got some chafing down below. It's got some champ champ flanking. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of nonsense powers. <laughs> it's a champ flickerer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, so, so that's it, people. Get on there and vote. The last time we're gonna ask you to vote. For this. <laughs> yeah, for, for this one. Tell us who comes out, who emerges at the top of this pile of, of bones and sinew. That's right. And also, just determine whether or not you want a prize package. That's right. That's how you... That's, All you have to do is 
Put your name on there. Put your email address. Yeah. We'll draw it out next week. If you win, we'll contact you and we'll send you some fun, stupid shit. Yeah. And if you don't win, we'll just shake our heads and never speak your name again. You're dead to us, Until the 2014 (laughs) (laughs) scripted contest. (laughs) So thank you very much for participating in this very long and democratic series of investigations. Yep. And and remember, one more week to go. You can do it. We can all do it. Yep. (laughs) Do it for the the majesty and glory of the golden goatman. Log on to blurryphotos.org. Find the survey there on the homepage and cast your vote. Uh, If you don't feel like doing that, you can tweet it at us. I don't yeah. care. Or Email text us it. directly. Here's our phone numbers. No, I'm just <laughs> if you get to our contact page instead of our homepage, feel free to email it. But yeah. if you're on the site... If you misclick, don't lose your mind. It's cool. It's cool. We'll work through this. We'll be all right. If somehow you can message us through StumbleUpon, we'll find a way it. to do it. We'll you know what? It. Anything we get through StumbleUpon counts for two. <laughs> we'll put your name in there twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you can work it out. We don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> Thanks, you guys, for listening. Thanks yeah. for getting through this. This I know this was a, a hunk of an episode here. It was. Go to iTunes, subscribe to us, rate us, star us, all that stuff. Go over to YouTube, uh, subscribe to us. Go to Facebook. Yep. Like us. Chicklets, that's that's chicklets, a fun chicklets, way to chicklets, chicklets. a fun way to keep track of of if we're uh, actually getting to anybody. And uh, go to stumble upon and stumble upon us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to say that from now on. Stumble yeah. upon us. Yep. Stumble all over us. Go to Twitter. Uh, blurry underscore photos. Yep. You know, get your news from that. Oh, and I've got a I've got a I've got a fun announcement. What? We're gonna have our first guest ever. Oh, how about that, you guys? Yes. The lovely, talented, and sultry Mr. Kenneth Height. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. I am so excited for this. You, you guys are going to love this episode. It's, uh, it'll, it'll be great. Uh, he's got a book coming out. Yes. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit and uh, whatever else he wants to talk about because he is a human encyclopedia. Yes, he is. Of all things awesome. Yeah. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, and that's all we got for this episode of Blurry Photos. I just licked my finger and found that I'm David Flora. Oh, God. As long as it gets his taste. He got his taste. Oh. And I'm David Stackerin. <laughs> yeah. Because it has two C's like my last name. <laughs> <laughs> Bitter bye. <laughs> yeah, that did happen.